Apple, iPhone, iPhone 10, iPhone 10s, uh, the notch, which, I mean, it's just so commonplace. It's, uh, we're so aware of it now, sort of started the notch trend, or at least was, was there at the forefront, popularized it. They might be getting rid of it. At least, uh, according to this report here from Gordon Kelly on Forbes, Apple's shock iPhone redesign takes shape, apparently. See, this is the thing. I've been talking about why it's hard for Apple to follow the screen-to-body ratio trend, the hole-punch trend, the getting-rid-of-the-notch trend, because of the way that their Face ID tech works, using a variety of sensors, dot projection, IR, and whatever other tech is housed within there. And because they got rid of any other form of authentication, they it was like, I don't see how they're going to get rid of this, this notch, considering that Face ID is the only way into the modern iPhones since the iPhone 10. Well, according to this report here, Apple internally has figured out how to shrink those current necessary components for their form of Face ID, which again, it's not just a simple camera. It's not just an, uh, 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 what do they call it? Optical image-based unlock. It's got more to it, three-dimensional sensors and so, so on. Apparently, they've taken what fit in that current generation notch, which by today's standards looks massive, comparatively speaking, uh, you know, compared to everything else that's on the market. Apparently, they, they took that down into something now that, uh, based on these renders being showcased, is in the same kind of scale as what you've seen on recent Samsung devices. Maybe even smaller if these renders are to be believed or if they're pointing into that direction. We have this upcoming Note series device which has placed this small little hole punch supposedly into the center of the display, top center of the display, and it's completely circular. Now, the renders that we're seeing for this potential iPhone with a similar layout, it's a, it's a bit more of a, what would you call this? Is that an oval almost? Kind of an oval shape, but very small still. Now, what does this mean? This is not, by the way, for the next generation iPhone. According to Ming-Chi Kuo, who again, is constantly responsible for many of these leaks, which then result in renders. Uh, in his new report here, he says that this will be implemented in the following the, the, the version following the iPhone 11, which is still going to have the same design, of course, at least on the front, as the iPhone 10, 10s, 10s Max, so on and so forth. So this information here, well, there's two ways really to read it. Obviously, Apple devices, when you look at them from the front, are beginning to feel a bit antiquated considering what other manufacturers have been able to do in the meantime with screen-to-body ratio and eliminating notches. But this information coming out, it may actually cause people to resist upgrading to the next version of iPhone because you'd be looking at that saying, wow, that's a big refresh, not a little one. Now, as much as the new uh, camera layout and possibly the extra lens showing up, extra camera lens, in the next version of iPhone, you're like, no, no, that's the one I really want to wait for. So maybe you don't upgrade to the iPhone 11 if you're an iOS user. Instead, you sit around and skip a generation if you're on an iPhone 10, let's say, and you wait for this one. Now, along with these uh, these rumors in this uh, in this Quo report here, 
It also states that they'll move to a seven element lens system on that next version, iPhone 11 S 12, whatever they end up calling it away from the, uh, the, the six element lens on the primary camera for the iPhone 10, 10 S and so on. So you could see an improvement as well in the camera performance for this next version, but that's a little bit more up in the air at the moment. I think the biggest takeaway from this report is that finally, Apple appears to have the capability. Again, these are renders at the moment, but the renders are based on the Intel, based on the report. It appears that Apple will have the capability to put a phone out that actually feels like it kind of keeps up with the standards with what's going on in the Android space from a screen-to-body ratio perspective and a, and a notch shrinkage perspective. If they're able to do it, I should say as well, it's actually a step better than what's happening, say, in Samsung devices currently. And the reason is because all you're getting with the hole punch right now in the Samsung devices is a front-facing camera. And if you choose to use face unlock, it's actually not very secure. We fooled it. If you recall, we did a video fooling the uh, face unlock that's strictly optical, strictly via the front-facing camera. If Apple does the hole punch and they fit all that other face unlock tech into it, that's unprecedented in a scale that size. So that's some real miniaturization of some pretty advanced technology. So I think that's really cool. Uh, it appears to be a ways off at this point. And, in, but another, and another thing that it does is it, it at least it moves away from the idea that they'll be completely done with notches and hole punches or move towards some motorized thing. Not that anyone expected that to be the case, but uh, I, I think this right here makes a lot of sense. And I can imagine them moving in that direction for the iPhone 11s 12 it would be the 12 wouldn't it like that's weird that's yeah. the weird thing if it's a complete redesign they have to do another number are they getting rid of the s models then or are we two generations to this I don't really know uh again it's just it's based on Ming Chi Kuo's report which is always kind of mapping out for the future anyway but I think it's a good uh, you know what if I'm an Apple fan I'm happy that at least they're working on it because like I said and whether or not you find the notch abrasive or not, you just want your brand to be on that edge, to be on that fringe, to be innovating, to be trying, to be changing, to be advancing. And there's no doubt that that seems to be the way to advance at the moment. I've got this OnePlus 7 Pro over here, and the notch situation is uh, has evaporated, obviously. And if I were to switch back or pick up an iPhone, it, it feels that much more abrasive having used this one now. So if you're picking up other people's devices that are notch-free, it stands out to you more when you interact with it on a regular basis. So Apple's moving in that direction, according to this report. Shock iPhone redesign. Keep in mind, that's a render for the time being. Google is taking another run at social networking with an app called Shoelace. And... Uh, it's kind of funny because they just recently shut down Google+, Plus, which most people um, people seem to agree was a, a, a failure. What do you think, Will? Google+, Plus a failure or what? Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. And yeah. high hopes. Well, that's the thing. Hopes. That's the thing. There was some hype around it when it came out. A lot of people, uh, well, e even still now to this day, a lot of people don't feel so favorably about Facebook. People wanted an alternative. Google Plus was like, oh, you have circles, different people, different circles. Hard to even remember at this point. Yeah. Because even though they just recently killed it, uh, it was so long ago yeah. that, 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 like that, that you stopped using it. 
Like, what I mean to say is it stuck around for a while after everyone stopped using it. Mm -hmm. It just sort of sat there. Um, but yeah, it started up a long time ago. Of course, the premise was it was social media, but but you had these, like, unique groups that you would share certain things. But I think it was overly complicated for most people. Like, it was just like, I'm setting up circles, I'm doing this and that. It's it's a, It was a lot to handle. Cool concept, never worked out. And, uh, of course, then more, more recently, they had those data breaches and they're like you know what yeah. we're done let's just get out of it. it well anyway this is a really small test uh for this social networking app called shoelace and this is kind of a different take it's uh more about real life social networking and the, the concept here is that you you boot up your account on shoelace and you set up your interests Right, you don't go just adding a bunch of people. You set up your interests, and then it links you up to actual real-world events that may match your interests, and then you add people to your social graph in that manner. Now, I guess you could do so probably manually. You could probably go in there and add people manually as well, but I, it feels like the goal here is real-world social media. Real, wouldn't that just be socializing? <laughs> real, real, real world social media. It's called hanging out with people. Yeah, uh, but anyhow, as people continue to uh, manage their social circumstances, put their social criteria into calendars and so on, and email threads, and this is kind of the uh, extension of that. You see, Will, you go on there, you find your crew. That's what it says. Meeting new people is more fun when you have more in common. So we make it easy to connect with others who have the same interests. Find your crew, Will. You understand? You go in there. You click dogs for sure because you got Otis over there. Yeah. Uh, you, you probably wouldn't. I don't know. You dogs don't drink and wine. wine. I don't think <laughs> they come together. You don't. You don't drink wine, so you wouldn't put that. I do drink wine. Oh, you do. How dare you? Yeah. Oh, okay. So you put them. wine, and then you put art, and uh, what else would you have on yours? I don't know. Game well, of Thrones. Definitely not running. Not running. Tennis. A rock climbing. Don't you like to rock climb? Yeah. Okay. So time time. anyway, so Will he puts his thing and he finds his crew, and then what? And then you're—is that it? Do we ever see you again, or is it just you and your crew at that point? <laughs> yeah, probably with my crew. So anyway, that's how they plan to do it. It's a small little test at the moment. It's only in New York City, but many tech websites have picked up on this, saying, "Well, that's probably a test to see how successful it is, and and if it's going to roll out into other cities and then expand." from there now it's worth noting there have been apps like this before there's one apparently that google was working on in 2011 schemer which is a terrible name by the way for an app like this uh it was an experiment experimental event organizing app that google made in 2011 then that was shut down three years later one thing google doesn't mind doing shutting down apps that they don't like like or that aren't working they're like all right get rid of it we'll start over start fresh just kind of appreciate that it's like you got you got no you got no one to fold them mm -hmm. no one to hold them what's the rest of that thing there's one more thing i don't know no one to go home i don't know no anyhow okay we're talking poker i'm gonna get back to poker later on because i actually okay. got a story relating to that but i guess it's kind of cool people are looking for things to do they're sitting there in their condo and they're like you know <laughs> Don't you think you gotta if you're gonna use this app, you gotta be I sitting so. there in your condo? Seems Isn't that like how you get started with this app? You're like, I'm just in this condo right now. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I, I don't know what to do. There's easy yoga in 90 minutes. 
Uh, I'm going to head down. I'm going to find my crew. You see? Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I mean, obviously you like to believe that people can do this stuff on their own. But, like, increasingly, technology has kind of programmed us to manage things in this fashion. You're much in the same way that people gravitate towards a text or a message instead of a phone call or, you know, or plan things out. There's no, nothing is spontaneous anymore or a lot less. I don't, I don't know. See, see, Will, you, you got the dog. You just head to the park, Mm -hmm. right? There's no planning. You don't put in a calendar, do you? No. No, you just head there. And then, and then what? Did you find a crew yet? Well, I have a small select group of friends that have dogs and I just, you know, have a meeting with them. At the dog park. Really? Yeah. Is that like your crew? Meetup. Is that your crew? I guess so. Did I you find your crew, Will? Fortunately, I don't need the What I want to know is if you found your crew, specifically. I did. Yeah. You found your crew, Will. And you did it in the real... You did it without shoelace. Yeah. So, I'm very impressed. Most people, they're going to need shoelace, as it appears. But anyhow, it's experimental at the moment. You let me know. What do you think? You're going to use this thing. You're going to go... Uh, what do you know? You can do easy yoga in a park, okay? 9 a.m. tomorrow to 10.30. You're going to meet some people, shake some hands. Look, if you get out of the house, I'm happy. Okay. If you get out of the house, I'm happy. I'll so, try to do that. This yeah, week. so that's it. That's step one. If you need an app to do it, I'm still happy because what else are you doing? Yeah. What are you staring at? What, you're looking at Facebook? You're looking at what, p- people's pictures? Uh, get out of the house. Mm-hmm. I like that it's proactive. Yeah. I like that it's a thing that you, in order to participate, you have to go do something. I like that. But I'm also, part of me is like, just go to the park then. Like, what? you don't have to. Yeah, it's not very hard to meet people. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. But who knows? For some people, maybe it is. And if okay. you're at the park, you're pretty much like-minded. Yeah. You know? like you, yeah. You but no, people want to be even more like-minded. Nature. You know, it just kind of reminds me. It's like a dating app for friends. Yeah. You're now dating for friends. Yeah. You're like, we don't have enough in common, me and you. Well, we can't be friends. Mm. I'm going to go find a different crew. Imagine that. You got your own crew. You're like, nah. You know what? We'll go find another one. Yeah, it's you very see? selective with the word crew. And it also, you know, the problem with this is it makes it seem like you can, like a crew, you can, I can find another crew. Like if I, if I get on your nerves or we have an argument or something and a friend, as, a, as friends that go way back time-wise, I'll be like, you know what? I don't need you in this crew. We'll find another crew. Yeah. You see, that's the problem. You can't be, it can't be so disposable like that. Uh-huh. You know, there's no, you can't put in here must have has no have known the person for five years which is worth something yeah even if the guy in the crew doesn't like art and drinking wine mm-hmm. he's got five years mm-hmm. so anyway nonetheless they're working on it i'm curious to see how it maps out but i like the fact that it's proactive people get out in the world uh that in and of itself is probably better than staring at your facebook all day lenovo fuels the first pc sales increase in six months uh, PC sales pretty flat, Will. Pretty um, stagnant for a while now. Mm. Uh, laptops, desktops, the whole thing. Like, they're just, they're just, people aren't gobbling them up like they used to once upon a time. Now, take that headline with a grain of salt because we're talking about an increase of 1.5% after two consecutive down quarters. So, like, a really marginal... Marginal improvement. Lenovo led the pack with 25% share, followed by HP and Dell at 22.2 and 16.9% respectively. So that's how it maps out in, in terms of market dominance. 
it's not a significant improvement, but I guess any improvement is substantial given the uh, past history here of these down quarters. Uh, what can we, what can it account to? I mean, they say here in this uh, Engadget article, Windows 10 refresh and an easing of the Intel CPU shortage. Uh, could it be that uh, people are due for an upgrade? Could it be that that these that there's a lot of nice selections available currently? Could it be that people like myself have a new appreciation for uh, a more traditional input method, feeling comfy on a laptop maybe more so than a than a tablet or or a phone? It's quite possible. It's it might be a combination of those things. It probably is to be honest. Now. Uh, Apple, of course, they've had the the keyboard problems on their MacBooks as well. And uh, apparently, that may not have affected worldwide shipments. They, they were flat. So, it's, uh, it's a tough one to map out, like the future of laptops. We talked in the past about how a lot of manufacturers seem to be searching for this next computing platform, this next form factor. We We looked at, like, this the folding Lenovo folding display Lenovo thing, which was a, I mean, kind of like a giant folding phone, but which mapped closer to a laptop form factor. There's the rumor, along with the patents, for the folding screen iPad implementation. It's almost like everybody knows that the laptop is antiquated, no matter how thin and light it, and advanced it gets. Yet, there isn't this relevant solution yet, for whatever reason. So in the meantime, you know, people, they, buy, they, they keep buying laptops, but don't expect to see significant growth in this department. Uh, in fact, maybe expect the opposite, because those uh, tariffs that keep coming up on this show, Will, could start to impact this marketplace as well. Uh, Lenovo being a brand, a uh, Chinese brand, and of course, pretty much every laptop having some degree of assembly or component aspect originating in China, um, we could see we could see this number dip even further, and and that marketplace take a hit. But what can I say? I've never been more into laptops personally. We got the latest Lenovo. Some people were asking why I didn't switch over to this one yet. Just didn't even set it up yet. That's the uh, carbon version, seventh generation. Uh, when I said carbon version, I meant the actual carbon weave. But yeah, X1 carbon, 7th gen. It's nicer than the one I've got right here. I'm setting it up. Relax. We're getting it booted up real soon. But anyway, tiny little sales improvement if you're a laptop fan. You can have a celebration. You can have a glass of wine. And you can find yourself a crew. What? I don't... <laughs> uh, YouTube Premium lets you save recent channel and topic videos for offline viewing. This is cool. Uh, some of you don't know, some of you do. YouTube Premium lets you take content offline. You can download YouTube videos right within the app. Uh, and it, it took a lot of manual input to, to, to use this feature in the past. Like, you would have to know, okay, I'm going to be on an airplane without Wi-Fi, let's say. I'm going to go and download a lot of, uh, you know, some recent content from places, and you would have to... Um, kind of prepare in advance. It require a lot of input. This new feature here aims to take some of that away by letting you follow certain topics instead. 
like there's some suggestions here, computer keyboards or a particular channel like Marquez is listed there. You could pick a channel or a topic and then this thing would auto download and keep a certain amount of storage space loaded for with offline content, kind of like how YouTube Music works. I believe Spotify has a similar feature, kind of like your offline mixtape, but for videos. Choose your favorite topics to download videos automatically. So they're just, it's in the background. When you have Wi-Fi, obviously, you wouldn't want to do this on mobile data, especially if you're not planning on watching it. But then when the trip pops up, you're late, you're searching for the luggage and so forth, you're not thinking about what content am I going to watch when I lose my connection up in the sky? Again, assuming, assuming you don't have Wi-Fi or the Wi-Fi shoddy as well and having it downloaded, of course, is going to work a lot more smoothly. Or you got like one, you got like a cheap data plan, right? Uh, like a mobile data plan, and you want to leverage your Wi-Fi connection you have at home. Get it all on there, similar to how podcast apps work this way as well. You download the content when you're on Wi-Fi, and then it's all uh, loaded up and ready to go. I love this kind of passive functionality. You just don't even think about it. Set it and forget it, like they said with the Showtime rotisserie. Okay. That's Ronco. That's for the OGs. It's for the real dudes. I mean, if you don't know, now you know. Though I can't help you because you should have known. Because it's a rotisserie chicken. Three easy payments. Five easy payments. $19.99. Set it and forget it. You put it in the rotisserie. You flip the switch. You understand? It cooks in its own juices, you see. Yeah, you see, set it and forget it. All right, that's anything that can be like that, that's what you want. Look at Ronco. If that, if this guy here doesn't give you confidence, nothing ever will. So YouTube obviously studied this man. They studied the infomercial. They looked at the rotisserie chicken. They realized, okay, what is, what is the Ronco rotisserie grill version of how you interact with YouTube? That's how the meeting went down, you see. I know, I got the inside scoop. Okay. And that's what led them here. Choose your favorite topics and it will download automatically. Beautiful. That's the type of feature I want you working on YouTube. Of course, it's only for premium users. Keep that in mind. So I know most of you are not YouTube premium users. So you can't, you don't have this feature. But hey, I will tell you, if you do subscribe to YouTube premium, it supports shows like this one. So it's, it's not such a bad thing. And you skip the ads. And uh, and we keep doing it. Me and Willie do. We keep doing it, you know. And I can't speak for Willie Do, but, uh, you know, I'm happy about that. Yeah. I'm happy as well. Okay, so there it Kirk is. And Jack I don't know. They seem, they, seem, they seem hard for him to get it out over there. I don't know what's wrong with the guy. Took a while. Yeah. He, he thought about it. He's like, yeah, all right, I'm okay. I'll keep doing it. All right, fine. Fine, Lou. You got yourself a deal. New YouTube features. Tesla semi prototype spotted on highway, maybe without a driver. <laughs> Scary. Uh, this story posted on Electrek. They're always reporting on Tesla related stuff. Look at that. Do you see a driver in there? I don't know. He could just be blocked by some type of reflection. I'm not really sure. But how, first of all, how cool do those Tesla semis look? Pretty cool. Second of all, uh, I mean, they got to be testing some type of uh, autopilot situation going on. I mean, all their cars have it. You assume that it's, it's, it's going to be in here as well. It's a bit swervy. Here. But would they be bold enough 
to send it out on the freeway without a human? Nah, I don't think so. I think that's unlikely. You probably just can't see the guy. But if you scroll down and, and play the clip, Will, get, you tell me. Kirk's going to watch it as well. Tell me if there's a driver in there. What's your thoughts? Yes or no? Here's the clip. Plays back. There was might have been an eyeball reflection there. Right there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So there's a driver in there. So everyone wants to believe it's an autonomous semi out there because there's something like uh, imposing about that. It's one thing, it's a driverless sedan, but a driverless semi, that's like a futuristic horror movie, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Just going rampant on the streets. The driverless semi, you know? So anyhow, apparently Tesla's kind of careful in how they're talking about the autonomy of their semi program, their, their uh, transport trucks, because, you know, that's the topic that always comes up when you, when you say, oh, they're going to displace jobs. Like, do you know how many people are employed as drivers? And so Tesla uh, probably downplays it. They're like, no, 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 our trucks are just cool. Don't worry about the self-driving part. But uh, either way, people are obviously excited it's a, it's a, it's an area ripe for disruption, not just consumer cars, but semis as well. And it'll be really interesting to see where this lines up. I know I've talked in the past, maybe not on this show, about how some big orders have already come in for these things, right? Like from some major players. So just from the emissions standpoint with the electric vehicle, you know, these big rigs, there's got to be a lot of emissions coming out of there. So it's a futuristic thing to begin with. And you add in the potential autonomy, possibly them being safer uh, because, you know, they're out there on the roads big time, Will. A big, they're logging big miles or kilometers wherever you happen to live. And so that's pretty significant, uh, significant thing. And, and there's one in the real world on the road. I think there's a driver, all right, regardless of what other people on, online are seem to, be, seem to be talking about. But it is... It is, uh, it's at least up for discussion, I'll say. Mm. Kirk's convinced. Are you 100%, Kirk? Are you willing to put it on the line? You're 100%. That's a driver. 100? Okay, 100% has got a driver. Will he do? Yeah. 100% has got a driver. Okay, all right. So, never mind. It was not spotted on the highway. That Maybe without a driver. I don't know. I guess you could say about any. Does the truck behind have a driver? See, you don't even know. I feel like that's a driver, but anyway. Yeah. Futuristic. Semi-trucks. It's my post-apocalyptic horror movie set in a Blade Runner-esque in which, in which it's not the robot overlords the way you imagine them, like humanoids. It's just giant, beastly, autonomous transport trucks you can't defend. Yeah, of course. It's like, what is that? Or is that just Transformers? Did I just do Transformers? <laughs> okay, never mind. It's been done. <laughs> never mind. Superhuman AI crushes poker pros at six-player Texas Hold'em. Uh, actually, a really, really uh, interesting story here on Gizmodo. Uh, so AI, they've been trying to program AI, right, to, to play all types of human games and with increasing complexity, using the, the, the usual machine learning type yeah, stuff. StarCraft, Dota. StarCraft, Go. Go, Go before that, Chess before that. Yeah. And, uh, and then they put it up against, you know, the elite, elite uh, professionals of, from the human race <laughs> and, and see how it fares. Uh, Texas Hold'em actually 
a lot more complicated than you might imagine. To pro, I don't know if you ever played poker before. Yes, I have. Why? Why is that funny, man? I don't know. Some people, I'm sure, don't play poker. Just yeah. making sure, Will. Jeez, man. Uh, because there's like a lot of. It's not. Uh, it's not the the pathway towards success is not obvious, right? There's bluffing. That people don't always make the right plays. Yeah, there's creativity in it. And and and, and, Intuition. and there's no way for the AI to know what the what which cards are in people's hands and which ones are in the deck. There's no way for them to know. So there's sort of chance aspect and there's behavioral aspect, which makes this very difficult. Now, what they did is what they would typically do with an AI like this is it would originally train itself by playing itself a lot. And that's one thing AI can do that you can't do as a human. Or, I mean, it's very difficult to do to just play hours on end. So I think, what was it? How long did this thing play? It played for some astronomical amount of time that it actually played against itself, learning the correct strategy. It was, where was it? It was like, it was like, 10,000 hands? No, 10,000 hands, I think it actually played eventually against humans. If I, But anyhow, it played a boatload. You see that, Will? Okay. It played a boatload of hands against itself, and then it saw oh. what worked most frequently. Trillions of hands. <laughs> Self-play in which it played against itself over trillions of hands. So now, what are you going to do? Is, you're a human. What you... Yeah, we can't play trillions of hands. So it played trillions of hands, and and it figured out which moves worked most consistently and how. And interestingly enough, it used a move called a donk bet. Do you know what that is, Will? You ever heard of that? I guess people who play online probably know this. This happens when a player matches the bet, but then starts the next round with a bet. So rather than raising, you just match the bet and then bet again. Which is like, why didn't you just raise? Like, are you second-guessing yourself? That's not a very strong move. So usually, I guess that's poker players who aren't strong players who do this kind of thing. But the AI figured out a way in which to send a signal which would catch a typical response from these high-level players it played against and use it as a technique to get where it wanted or to get the, the responses it wanted. So it played against a bunch of high-level guys Guys you've probably heard of if you're a, a poker fan, some uh, World Series of Poker champions, Chris Ferguson, Darren Elias, uh, Jason Les, Jimmy Chu, and Sean Ruane. And all, all of them said, this thing is bananas. We're done. We're dead. And, of course, it got me to thinking, like, how long is it before somebody implements one of these AIs on online poker and just crushes? Yeah. Because this in here, they say that based on its play against all professionals, it was winning at a rate of $1,000 an hour consistently, right? And that's against the best players in the world. What are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you get yourself this AI, which they claim is running on uh, two CPUs, two computers, yeah, using two CPUs and $150 on a cloud computing service. That's the overhead for this thing. Now imagine you throw that at poker stars or whatever against players who aren't even this good. Maybe it's doing two grand an hour. You just leave it running. Think about that for a second. It's better than Bitcoin. It's just better than Bitcoin. Anyway, so 
a very complicated thing to program. It's called Pluribus, and uh, it, it just showcases how, in certain circumstances, I mean, th these things are capable through self-play of uh, achieving, achieving a data bank and a set of behaviors and essentially an experience set that a human would need a lifetime to achieve. Any human, no matter how good you are. And so you're starting to recognize that all these places that we uh, look at human achievement and think like, wow, that's, a, you know, that's amazing. Maybe it's a golf swing, 10,000 hours to be an expert in something. <clears throat> it turns out for games like this, because of the nature of a computer, doesn't need to take a break, take a rest, doesn't need to eat a chicken burger, you know? It just keeps keeps going because it's programmed to do so because it's told to do so. And humans just can't, we can't condense time like that in the same fashion. Yeah. And we have tendencies, by the way, the, the way we perceive risk and pride and weird. A lot of external forces oh. to affecting emotional state. Emotions. What's going on back? You know, they don't, it doesn't care. They're it's playing just, like a trillion hands while you're eating a chicken hands. burger. Exactly. Is that you're like, can we take a break? It's like, yeah, I'll just play a quick trillion. I'll just play a quick trillion while you break. I'll just get better. You understand? So you don't want to play this. You do not want to play Pluribus, Will. You're dead. You understand? What's up, Kurt? Yes. Yeah, but, okay, so online poker, you don't see the other players, right? Predominantly, that's how people are playing poker, right? these these days is online and so you just have a by the way they weren't told who was who it just had names they didn't yeah so they envisioned it like a human and they could not map this thing they couldn't predict it it uh apparently it's inconsistency in play is part of the reason it was so successful because what good poker players do is they're like i remember what he did when he had that particular hand and so i'm gonna back down now because those behaviors led to that outcome you can't map this thing because it knows how to unmap itself to map you. And humans can't do that because the way we're programmed is like, if this thing worked, I'm going to note that. If this thing didn't, I'm going to note that. So it's unpredictability was actually, it's apparently it's a thing that these pro poker players try to do in their own game is be unpredictable, but they can't help but fall back into certain patterns and and anyhow, so it's a, it's a message. It's much like the, uh, what was it Dota or what was, which game was it that, or was it League of Legends? That what? What what what, what was the, the recent one that Google's AI was was it StarCraft? No, there was one more recently than that. I saw I saw a Dota one like a year ago. Okay, They're so anyway, yeah. The, 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 these types of games that aren't zero sum, these types of games that is not not like chess, for example, or Go, mm -hmm. all the rules they can map out the whole path, start to finish the game, all the variables and so on. These games like this, six players, uh, unpredictability, not knowing all the rules, not knowing all the cards, this maps a lot more closely to real life, which is why th these particular types of AI are more um, powerful because their, their behaviors, their uh, prowess, their sophistication lies within an environment that's a lot more like the world. And so if you can, if they can deal with this type of nuance, 
you can imagine mapping them to other human scenarios which have a lot of nuance to them as well. So these things are a lot closer to being that kind of futuristic AI that you're afraid of. Or that could be helpful. Nah. Okay, nah, it's over. Starts with poker. Don't betting their way to poker the first. Autonomous vehicle transformer thing next, right? Starbucks to stop selling newspapers, citing shrinkage. I didn't even know that Starbucks was selling newspapers, but they've been apparently been doing it for like 20 years. It's been kind of a thing that like you could pick up a New York Times at a Starbucks. I didn't know this. I don't even know. I didn't even notice. The, are people reading newspapers? Well, they say that people were just taking the newspapers, not paying for them. They say people just thought it was like a free newspaper for them to have because they were at the coffee shop. I say it's just what are we doing with newspapers in 2019? I say it's like who's not looking at their phone or laptop? What do we got stacks of newspapers for? But anyhow, apparently uh, they were still popular enough for people to, to steal because Starbucks uh, cited shrinkage, which in retail terms, that, like that term shrinkage implies just lost or shoplifted. That's what that, I didn't know that's what that meant, but they uh, account for it at all kinds of retail businesses. They factor it in because it's an, an inevitability that certain items in a retail operation are going to go missing every year. Theft, misplaced, so on and so forth. But it does. it is a significant thing because Starbucks is a huge uh, enterprise, 8,600-plus coffee shops in the U.S. that would have had the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and USA Today in them uh, essentially acting as a distribution network for those publications, then that evaporates now. But also, apparently, according to uh, the spokesperson here from Starbucks, they will also remove shelving fixtures that display whole bean coffee and different grab-and-go snacks. So... I don't know. I've actually bought whole bean coffee at Starbucks before. I buy the I buy the bag. Now I don't think they're gonna get away from selling that completely, but they're they maybe they're gonna change the fixtures because people are stealing stuff, which is kind of a surprise to me. You know, I never stole anything from Starbucks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're right there. Why does that feel funny to say? Like, of course I haven't, yeah. but like yeah, yeah. obviously. People, Obviously, people are. Uh, obviously, people are. No, I never thought about it. it never, it, no, it never, it never crossed my mind, man. It never. I promise you, it never crossed my mind. But I guess people are. They're gonna change around the retail experience. One of the interesting things about Starbucks, uh, they uh, all the all the locations are corporate owned. It's not a franchise type of thing. So when they make a change, they experiment. They can experiment immediately ac across a vast number of stores and see how people behave and, 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 and like take that data and then, and then change the store layouts to make them more efficient and, and all this. So it makes them really interesting to track because of, their, because of their popularity and their ability to do that. So I notice things when I go into Starbucks, when they change things, go into some of the new stores and they like are totally experimenting with the layout, the counter height. It's all very interesting to me. So this is another example of that. The newspapers are gone. I feel like it's just, it was inevitable, to be honest, whether they were getting stolen or not. But I got to be honest, I can't remember walking into a Starbucks and seeing anyone reading the newspaper. Like I just, 
I think that's just just a that's a different type of shrinkage. That's not that's just a shrinkage in that whole uh, in that whole uh, media consumption method as a whole. But anyway, don't don't go to Starbucks to look for your Wall Street Journal. All right, it's over. Okay, last one for me. This kind of this one hit home. This was weird to me. I read this and I was like, I feel like I just got to talk about this because it hit home with me. You know, excruciating infection blinds man who showered with contact lenses. I this I did not know this. Do not apparently go in the shower with your contact lenses, guys. You don't do that, Kirk. Don't do that, man. You may and you may already have an infection. Get listen to this, okay? This dude didn't think anything of it. Goes in the shower with the contact lenses on. Water gets underneath the contact lens. In the water is a parasite. The parasite dives into the eyeball, blinds the man in the eyeball, but not before an excruciating infection, pain, treatments. And he says 18 months of his life, which were just absolute terror because he didn't take the contacts out. He was at the gym, lifting weights, jumped into the, he was an athlete, jumped into the shower before going to work and, and didn't think anything of it until, I mean, if you scroll down, you can see some of the along the way photos there. He says he'll never wear contact lenses again. It's not worth the risk. Uh, he said he, he, you know, he went through depression and everything else you would expect to be the case going through something like this. Now, at first, they didn't know the extent of it. So they tried to give him like antibiotics for the eyes and they, they thought they could overcome it. But the parasite would not leave, destroyed the entire eyeball. And a simple, stupid thing like removing a contact lens would have resulted in a completely different outcome. Now, the reason I, to put the story out there is because I just, nobody handed me contact lenses and made me aware of this. Like, I never heard of this. Yeah, no disclaimer. One. I never heard of this. And, and, it's, and neither did he, and neither did commenters on the actual story. Now, this does have a bright ending. He actually was able to get a type of, of membrane transplant, which involved having graft material placed on a cornea and glued down underneath a hard contact lens. But in his case, the glue didn't work, stitched his eyeball. It's, he, he eventually got a donor for a corneal transplant, which will involve cataract surgery. He has a chance still. There's a, there's a way... He gets a donor for an actual, uh, uh, you know, eyeball component. Pretty amazing story, like what they can do in medicine. But nonetheless, guys, that's it. I mean, don't wear your contact lenses in the shower. That's it. Like I, <coughs> funny enough, I've done it before. Kirk's done it before. We both wear contact lenses. The reason I hate doing it is because there's such a natural thing in the shower of like kind of like rubbing yeah, rubbing yeah. your eyes or whatever. Cleaning your eyes. Or just, you know, just in and around your eyes. So I didn't do it that often because I kind of hate the experience of doing it. But I definitely have before in a rush. You already got the contacts in or whatever. Yeah, or, or after hockey or something like this. 
but I'm just going to be super aware now, and I guess everybody else should. It's uh, I have wondered about it before, though, because it's really uncomfortable actually showering with, with contact with the water coming down. Or what about swimming with contact? Same thing. Just be aware, I guess, because it, it will, it does, it is capable of trapping water underneath it. And in this guy's case, that was the wrong water. So there you have it. Anyway, well, you got something for us today. You got a question uh, you want to share uh, from, a, from an audience member. What are you going to do for us today? I do. Um, this comes from Sammy. <clears throat> um, a strange Canadian milk. So she was wondering, or he was wondering, do you guys have... <clears throat> Do you guys have bagged milk? <clears throat> why? Why, <clears throat> Lou? Why do we? Why do? Why can you get milk in the bag? Yeah, milk. Because I thought about this. I'm yeah. just wondering, like, yeah, why do we? Have I think. Milk? I think it's lighter weight to get more of it than having a bunch of cartons. I would guess. Like, you can pick up a bag of milk, which would have. How many liters in it? Four liters? Three, one, three liters. Okay, so you can get a bag of milk that's three liters. And it's going to be lighter weight than having three liters worth of milk in cartons. Right. Now, it's not the only way to buy it, for the record. You, of course, uh, still have your typical cartons. Mm -hmm. And you can buy it like that if you don't drink a lot. But I would say this is for, this is for people who drink a lot of milk. And they're looking for efficiency. I assume it's probably a little bit cheaper than buying it in the cartons as well. I would guess. But as far as like why that's a Canadian thing, I didn't actually even know it was just a Canadian thing. Is it just a Canadian thing for the record? Bag milk? So the dairy farmers of Canada were like, uh, you know what? We're going to give people this option. Maybe. Here we go. Foodnetwork.ca. Did you know bag milk is a uniquely Canadian? Yeah, okay. Oh, not the only ones in the world. Click on that, Will. <clears throat> uh, not the only ones in the world. It's uh, since the 1970s, selling mainly in Ontario and Quebec and the Maritimes. Each package contains three unsealable plastic pouches filled with milk, equaling four liters, Kirk. I was right. It's four liters. So it's a lot of milk. And Oh, I see. So in the 60s, milk was in breakable glass bottles, which were heavy. And this was like a stopgap step. I guess, prior to cartons. And uh, today, it's estimated that 75% to 80% of the milk sold in Ontario is bagged. And across Canada, 50%. And milk bags can be found in other countries such as South Africa, Argentina, Uruguay, Hungary, and China. So I don't buy it in the... I don't buy milk in the bags. What about you guys? I buy the carton. I don't drink enough to justify the four-liter yeah, purchase. I, I buy carton nowadays. Yeah. But before it how, used to how, be which size carton are you buying? Um, the biggest one, which is like what a liter? One point five, I think. One point five, something yeah. like that. Yeah. So yeah, but I remember my family growing up. That's what we got right there. Yeah, exactly. And 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 what you have to do is you take the the bag of milk, you put it in this plastic container, which they also sell at the supermarket. You cut the the tip of it off. Yep. And you pour it from the spout like that. But inevitably, if you pour too fast and the milk gets trapped in the top part and you go to put it back down, it, it spills all over the place. So you need to know your game when you come back from the pour, at least in the beginning. But it's definitely a, a, an efficient way to, to, to grab four liters of milk and bring it home 
but I can understand. It's a weird-looking thing if you didn't grow up looking at that. It's like, wow, I got to have this sec separate container, and I got to drink a lot of milk. That's what you're thinking if you see this particular packaging, as far as I can tell. To give it more flow? Yeah, to double cut. I mean, I, I don't buy bags, so I don't know. I don't uh, Would I consider it? Absolutely. The double cut. Cut the front and the back. That's like when you would buy apple juice in a large tin can. You yeah. got to cut both sides or you get the blub, 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 blub. You know, you don't yeah. want that action. Splashing everywhere. You don't want the blub, blub action. So you create a hole in the back as well. But uh, one thing I will say that I did learn is that the people that cut the tip off, that little remaining piece of plastic, apparently a danger to young kids. Because if they pick it up and it's got milk on it and they try to eat it, or even like a dog or something, yeah. it can create like a perfect blockage in the throat. Oh. There's no no hole in it. And because it's got a it's got a, a narrow end, kind yeah. of like a triangle. It's like a funnel. It's something. like a funnel. It could fit down and then block on the way up. So anyway, I, I remember growing up, my mom told me that or something when, when we used to have it. And she'd be like, make sure that goes in the garbage. Don't leave it lying around. You just immediately eat it. For that reason. Yeah, I'm like, that's delicious. It's got milk on it. So anyway, it's just another way to buy milk, especially if you drink a lot. But it is amazing to find out that 70% of people mm. in Ontario, which is where we're located, that's how they buy milk, the majority. There you have it. That's why it's milk in a bag. Willie do. We, uh, we covered it all, as we usually do. What a time to be alive. Missed that the last couple of days. Uh, I can't really talk much about trending today. I mean, you can go look at it if you want. I can't. There's not much to say about it. What about uh, Twitter trending? There was a news story about Area 51. Did you hear about yeah, it? Yeah, they're talking about storming Area 51. Oh, yeah. Stop it, okay? <laughs> Everybody's bored. Everybody Dude, there's, over, there's almost 500,000 people going. Yeah. And another 500,000 interested. Are they really going, Will? Huh? Well, you got to have some people yeah. going. We will know? meet up at Area 51 Alien Center Tourist Attraction and coordinate our entry. If we Naruto run, we can move faster <laughs> than their bullets. Let's see them aliens. Okay, so it's obviously not real, Will. This is a scam. This is goofy. A lot of people going. This I is goofy. I booked my flight already. I mean, people are bored. Let's come on. I mean, I guess it's fun, whatever. It's entertaining, but it's a lot more fun to sign up than to actually do it. You of see course, this on Facebook? You're course. like, ha 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 ha. You know, it's one click. But going to Vegas, hopping in a car, heading to the desert, it's a military base, is it not? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Good luck with all that. <laughs> I will not be. I will not be meeting you there. What did we learn today? Don't go to Area 51. Don't wear your contact lenses in the shower. That's for certain. Kirk, figure it out, dude. Figure, figure it out, dude. You got to do something different because uh, this man ain't happy that's uh, on this news story here. Uh, Apple, Apple's going to move away from the notch, which I think is the move they have to do. It's going to take some time, but you might want to actually sit out the next iPhone. If you are strictly iOS, you may want to sit out the next iPhone. We got the new YouTube features, which I'm a big fan of. You take it offline, automatic, uh, autonomous uh, vehicles, not, not driving without people for the time being. The AI... Superhuman poker is coming for you. You might be playing online poker and think you got a chance. You might not have a chance. Newspapers are over, but that ain't news. I said what a time to be alive. Milk can come in a bag, whether you knew it or not. Willie Do kind of wants to keep doing this, although he's a bit subdued when he was asked earlier.
But I can promise you one thing. I'll be back whether he's here or not.